1: We're talking real money. Well, must be Saturday. (laughs) We're on the radio, so it has to be Saturday, because that's what Saturdays mean. It it means that Tom and I gather around our microphones with you gathered around your radios, and we get together, and we talk about something really important. Yeah, no, not politics. (laughs) Lifestyle stuff? no. Oh, no, 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 no. What is it that makes all of that other stuff possible? Politics and lifestyle things and your home and your garden and all of that. What is it that makes all of those things possible? Hmm. Oh, I know. It's money. Money, 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 money. Right. Yep. You need that first. So that makes us number one. You see, if you need us, if you need money first before you can do anything else, that makes this show number one. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we're number one really or not, but we like to think so. And we like to think that this is a a really comfortable place to to visit, to to get some answers to questions about dealing with money, spending money, saving money, investing money, really investing money, not gambling with money, the reality of money, not letting you do stupid things with money. So here's our number. Give us a call, 855-935-TALK, 855 935 8255 i'm don mcdonald right over there under the airplanes is tom cock
2: thank you yes and keep them above me you know what a lot of people are talking about now it, it's kind of fascinating this uh, 1400 dollar check or deposit per person about 100 million americans are going to be getting the stimulus whatever you want to call it
1: gee by uh, my, which see my math that's whoa, over a billion dollars
2: yeah, and that's one out of three, right? I mean, like and almost a Adding, I know, adding uh, three hundred dollars a week to the unemployment. State and local governments getting three hundred fifty billion. But I want to focus in on this fourteen hundred. Now, I know a lot of you listening aren't going to get it due to your income situation, et cetera. But you may have kids, grandkids who are. And here's the thing: I'm reading these stories about what people are going to do with this fourteen hundred dollars. That drive me crazy, Don. I mean, if you type in stimulus check, oh, everybody's got a great idea how to invest your money, including our friends at Motley Fool who say, turn it into a money machine with high-yield dividend stocks because that'll make you rich. Boy,
1: it's just a bad idea. Oh, it's <laughs> just a, bad a idea, dangerous idea. That's not even investing.
2: That's I almost know. gambling
1: let's a few stocks.
2: Purely spec- oh, and they for... found, by the way, the first one they list is, It pays out 10% a year dividend. I mean, think about what does that say about the company? It's got to
1: be a real estate thing of some sort.
2: It is a mortgage, uh, something in the financial sector. But let's talk about the things you probably should do if your kid or grandkid or you got the, the stimulus money. And I think at the top of this list, it's not very much fun, but paying the bills and certainly paying off Credit cards, high interest loans, because you're, you're not going to make more in in the market than you are, than what you're paying in that interest. If it's a credit card, it's what? 12 to
1: 18%? Oh, oh, try again. Do you know there are credit cards out there that are still in the 20 plus range? which is outrageous in and of itself, but but think it
2: through. You are not going to make that in the year. Okay, yeah, if you bought and sold GameStop at the right time, if you got into AMC theaters and got out, I mean, yeah, sure. But most people, no. The right thing is to to pay the bills, to pay off those debts, I think after that, Don, you got to talk about having some, an emergency fund, something set aside for the next crisis that comes along. Yeah. Which most
1: people well, don't have one of the things that this money was meant to do. That was, in fact, not, not meant. This is the one, the, the thing it was meant to do. That was to get people who are having trouble financially through that trying period to make sure that you could pay your bills. And that's why paying the bills is important. And, but this emergency fund. If your bills are paid and you were in a little bit of trouble during this economic problem we faced and you didn't have an emergency fund, this is your opportunity to fix that little problem.
2: Yeah, set that aside for whatever may be ahead because we don't know what's next. And then, and then, if if all those, if you could check the box on all those things, you're still not going to go pay, buy high dividend pay, paying stocks. You're still not going to hope that you can pick a company that will make you rich, what you're going to do is open maybe a Roth IRA and buy an index mutual fund that is globally diversified. Right, right. It's not making bets. It's simply betting on the growth of the economy over time.
1: Yeah. That's a reasonable bet. And, and this is one of the things I talked about when I was unstacking Benjamins a couple of weeks ago with Susie Orman's advice on what to do with it. And and one of her bits of advice, she only gave you three bits of advice. One of them was an emergency fund. That was one of them. But one of them was give it to charity. Now, while I'm a big fan of charity, the majority of the people who are getting this $1,400 – Are not people who have a lot of extra money laying around to give to charity. It's surprising. Yeah, yeah, I agree. uh, It's those of us who don't get the check who probably have the money to give to charity, not the people who are getting that $1,400 check. Make sure your house is in order first. Remember, charity begins at home. 855
0: 935 Talk. Tom and Don are talking.
1: Money. a second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally let one of our vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com
0: for your real life and real future tom and don are talking real money
1: or as tom's wife would like you to do everybody just buy a bunch of pizza you know like,
0: she's
2: actually selling some tomorrow she's so. selling some where she's selling it yeah We'll you over. know, I think she's at a winery not far from here, somewhere in Woodenville.
1: Is it a public, like, pizza buying opportunity? Yeah, it opportunity? is. Well, she, do,
2: she does. Yeah, because what she does, uh, thank you. If this is free, free, pitch. free advertising for Pompeii. This it's unshamed promotion. Fire, for Pompeii. Pizza. Well, they've done a lot for us. Yeah, no, she, uh, she does these. She goes to these wineries and cooks for a few hours where she invites potential bride clients in to test yeah. the product. Yeah. And while she's there, she does sell to the public. I'm sure it's all up at Pompeii Wood Fired pizza or something.
1: I love so. Pompeii Wood Fired Pizzas. Yeah. No, I, I really, truly do. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, I love it until
2: I see the P&L for 2020. Nice crunchy crust. It's so good.
1: 855-935-TALK. That's the number to call to talk about money matters and pizza here on Talking Real Money and mm. Pizza. And Sharon, it's your turn. Welcome to the program. Bite down hard.
3: Thank you. Hi, Sharon. I, What's up? I would... I'd like I'd like to thank you first of all. I really enjoy your program very much, and I appreciate the very very steady advice. Um, so my my question is that I am coming up to uh, retiring. It's a state retirement. I have the opportunity to purchase what they call additional time. It looks to me essentially as if it's an annuity, and I know you it folks is. aren't real excited about an annuity. But the mm. thing I see as potentially different, and this is part of why I wanted to ask your opinion, is that they do tie it in with retirement benefits such that it's subject to the same COLA that the retirement is subject to and so on. Um, looks to me like the starting point is that if you you know do what they're, if you look at what they're charging for it, it's about a 7% return just if you didn't take into account the, the COLA.
1: Well, wait, is that if you don't take, and also you have to remember something that we lose in translation, is it is a 7% return, but part of that return is return of principle. We forget about the fact, how much, just give me an example, how much do you put in to buy how much money? Time.
3: Um, okay, let's see, I think that the top end that they were offering is about $137,000 I don't you don't have to go that high. But hundred and thirty seven thousand right. dollars and it gets you an extra eight hundred and ten dollars a month.
2: Okay. And while Tom talks, eight hundred and ten a I'm, month. That's I'm,
3: a lot. By the way, a month.
2: I, while you're doing that I will yeah, I will mention something here. People when 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 you say annuity, people are scared to say it around us like we hate <laughs> annuities like yeah. we hate mean people and rainy days and a new it's that's not true. There are some annuity pro in the state of Washington has a tap annuity, which is a pretty good one, actually. And you just mentioned it includes an automatic raise every, I mean, it has a cost of living increase. So it's a, that's a good product. When you leave immediate annuities or a product like that, that's where the hatred begins because there are so many different annuity products. They're generally expensive You can't get your money, and what you're really doing is giving it to somebody else and having them pay you back at a lower interest rate than what they're earning. I don't, that's the part I don't like.
1: And here's the thing about that 7% number you're buying a 7% income stream, but you are not getting a 7% return on your investment. Because if you were getting a 7% return on your investment, you would get $810 approximately every month from your investments, but you would still own the $137,000. Right. So I
2: I think what the question where she started was, does it make sense to buy additional time to increase mm -hmm, her pension? mm -hmm. And the answer is maybe, maybe it's hard to do that sort of uh, calculation here. I, I, I would recommend at least an hour with a fee-only fiduciary advisor, somebody who's going to look at that and give you some great advice because it's a big decision.
1: And well, here point. and let me just kind of help you in a little bit, just to help everybody figure this out. How old are you going to be when you start taking this pension? 65. 65. And yes. your family's life expectancy, how about how long do they tend to live?
3: Uh, into their 90s.
1: 90. So we're talking 30 years maybe. Let's say yeah, let's say let's 30, say 30 years. let's say 30 years. Yeah. So we take oh, that $137,000 and we let you just hypothetically take out um a little bit every month for 30 years. What that comes out to and this is just the way you make that decision. That's an extra $380 a month just from that you could take out of the principal conceivably that's what it would be worth so if you've got $137,000 that's making let's say 4% which is something you could probably do without breaking a big sweat um that works out to uh, about $456 a month and add to that that $380 and you'll see you're over $900 a month so if you're willing to take a little risk, with this is where the art this is the argument. If you're willing to take a little risk with your money, you can almost always beat the annuity. The annuity for obvious is, reasons. The annuity is a way for the insurance. They're saying we'll take the risk yep. and we'll give you a little bit of what we make. They're the
2: middleman. They're taking the money that and investing it in the way that you could invest it and paying you less. That's just that That's, that's the way it works. You see it's so simple. Yep.
1: It's like we're going to invest it the way you could if you did it on your own, but we can't we got to make a big profit on this or we can't live. So we're going to give you a portion of the money. So what it comes down to is this. If you want certainty or a reasonable degree of certainty, we can't say anything is certain. And insurance companies, while they can say legally their money's guaranteed, come on. What's the real backing for that? It's the company It's the hope that they don't mess up. We've had insurance companies go bankrupt, but it is relatively safe. If you want the relatively safe option, you buy into the pension. If you don't, if you're willing to take a little risk, you're likely to come out ahead and your heirs might get money if you invest it.
2: And just to wrap it up again, if you're going to already have a pension of some amount, maybe the alternative is keep that and invest the money separately. Then you have a couple of different buckets you're taking from, and there's some safety to that as well.
1: Well, isn't that very Solomon-like of you?
2: you? I well, yeah. It's very middle child. Yeah, just, it's just very middle be, child. Make everybody Let's get along. Let that okay? baby. Good, it worked out. <laughs> exactly. All
1: right. Thanks, Sharon. Baby survived. 935 Talk well. is our phone number. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. And this is the big question that that kind of permeates everything about investing. It's the risk reward equation. It is always going to be a trade-off. If it's if it's sure, if it's a certainty or a relative certainty that you're going to get X amount of money, then you can be certain that somebody else is making the money, is taking the risk and making the money. It is there it, yeah. It's a simple there, equation. With apologies
2: to Mr. Givens, there is no wealth without risk. Oh, you don't have to apologize right? to him. He went to jail. Okay. And he went other way other places after that but the the point of the matter is that's the thing you need to know that's people think I can make a lot of money without taking risk I have yet to see that no when I do okay the, I'll believe it
1: the re- I have yet no to see no that. no the reality is Don't. you'll never see it because there are billions of us on the planet all fighting over the same chunk of change and if there was a way to make a lot of money without a lot of risk you can bet somebody will find it before you Don and Don are talking Money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com, V E S T O R Y.com.
0: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: Oh, look. Out on the horizon. It's a financial future. Let me guide you to it. All right, there it is. Hi, we're your guides to a financial future. Wow. I thought it. What did be. you take
2: before the show? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta have some of that. Come on.
1: I've got me a big old oh, mug of Chick Fil A iced tea.
2: That's big, yeah.
1: This okay. is the, uh, this is the kind that. <laughs> it's so funny when I go to Chick Fil A and order. Sometimes they will give me sweet iced tea because it's so southern. I hate sweet iced tea.
2: I'm not an iced tea guy, and you I know like I'm drinking tea. my water here. So I like my iced
1: tea. All right, 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number. Give us a call. We'll talk about your money issues. It's really easy. Just call. Hey, Jimmy, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money.
3: Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, my wife and I, we both uh, max out our target date, 401Ks, through our employers. Um, I recently transferred an old 401K from an old job into a rollover IRA, uh, and I started a Roth IRA for both of us just within the last year or so. Um, but I haven't started uh, investing the money yet, so just sitting in
2: cash. So I was going to use your three-fund recommendation, but I wondered if you thought maybe I could ignore the bond part since and do all equity since we get our bond exposure in our traditional 401ks
3: through work. And additionally, last week, uh, you guys were talking about adding value funds. And I was just wondering maybe which ones you would suggest for that through Fidelity, like a small-cap value index. I took your risk quiz, by the what, way. I got a 76, this is a... and it said I was in group five.
2: 76. Good oh, score. Wow. How, how did your wife do? She didn't did take, she take it. Did she take the test, Me? Mean... Oh, okay. We'll send the home version no, that has electricity not. involved. That's where we get really accurate scores, just a little bit of, little bit of electricity. We find out really how tolerant of risk you are. All kidding aside, <laughs> yes, this is great. By the way, by the way. It, it you can everyone can ignore bonds because over a long period of time stocks make more money yep you just have to deal with the market going down by you seeing your portfolio go down by half from time to time like it did in 2008 uh, we can go through the list yeah I think a Roth is what? fabulous uh place for all stocks especially if you're if you're saving uh, if you're putting money aside in the fixed income in the uh pre-tax retirement plan yes um and in terms of the right Mix. This is the issue, right? We give, you mentioned the three fund portfolios that we offer at talkingrealmoney.com. Those include two stock funds, one US, one international, and then a bond fund. They don't have much exposure to small and value, a very little bit of it. That's the issue. And you're raising a very good issue. Um, those are designed to be very simple for people. They're just to get you sort of started. And yeah, we still want you to have small and value in those portfolios because they've added a significant amount of return over time. Here's the issue, the level of complexity you want to have in it. And so Don's going to give you a couple suggestions, but then you got to figure out how to negotiate that with the other funds that we have listed there.
1: Not hard, though. Not hard. Um, What... Small cap and value should probably be somewhere between a combination of small cap and value together, somewhere between about 5 and 15% of the portfolio.
2: On the stock portfolio? On the stock
1: portion of the portfolio, the equity okay. side of the That's portfolio.
2: Fair. I'd probably be higher on then. then. Yeah, the yeah, 15 probably. 15. Yeah,
1: 15 um, mm-hmm. And they do, both small and value, have tended over time to add, but they also have tended over time to do the exact opposite, and that is seriously detract, so they can be very scary. Uh, As a matter of fact, we just went through more than a decade where small and value seriously lagged, making everyone out there who thinks they're an expert say, well, why would I buy those? Those are bad. Um, until until things changed
2: around about last October and that and small value were up uh, almost 50% in
1: that period of time. Oh, and the fun, the fund I'm going to suggest you look at for that portion of the portfolio is the Fidelity Small Cap Value Index. It is not a very old index, but that doesn't matter because it's an index. Indexes What's the uh, what's the ticker? It is FISVX. FISVX. And get this. Year to date 2021 now this is not indicative of anything folks it's returned 25 percent
2: yeah we had this member the guy called last week he said i i dropped my job because my fund's up two percent and you gave me the 25 right okay so here (laughs) here's the question yeah and so you'd have to adjust the u.s and have to adjust the international down to probably 40 percent each Mm Mm-hmm. So that gives you the money then to put in the US, the U.S. small value so you get some exposure to that. I think that's a very reasonable approach.
1: Sure. It's just going to add a little bit of volatility to that portion of the portfolio. But you look at a portfolio as one organism. Tom
0: and Don are talking real money.
1: Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. great future we're talking real money don't you wish you'd listen to us don't you wish you'd listen to we're us? so
0: smart we're we so are so oh my smart. gosh we great predictors
1: we, of the
2: future we have we, we have
1: been telling people to be in small cap value we told you yeah. last year to be in small cap value That's we did right. we did mm-hmm. okay we didn't tell you to be 100 percent small cap value because we're not that smart but do you know how much there's one small cap value fund from Avantis. I use it. We use it. It's A V U V. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like your uvula. Uh, yeah, exactly. A V U V. Up a hundred and almost hundred and sixty percent in one year.
2: One and year, you, if you'd own the S S and P five hundred, you're up about sixty five percent. So almost three times as much.
1: But let me Here's explain. Yeah, but let yeah, me explain yeah. why. There's always the but. There's yeah, a but. Uh-huh. The only reason it's up that much over one year is because almost exactly a year ago, almost exactly, was the bottom of that big market decline post-COVID.
2: It was sharp and it was quick. Yeah.
1: So if you had been lucky enough to buy small cap value then, yeah, you'd be up 150 plus percent.
2: And here's the the big takeaway for me is you should always have some of your money exposed to that group of stocks. Always. Because we never know. We may wait 10 years again for it to have
3: a right. like this. We
1: don't know. But, but think about it. If you wait okay if you were in it and you got that 150% increase, you could be flat for the next 10 years and still yeah, be at about a 15% around. annual return.
2: It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't Oh, it, it did. It doesn't it work. It, I mean, that's exactly. the struggle. It's that's the really it hard. Works. And it, that's a good investor has to have that sort of patience. And it's
1: very difficult. Well, the problem, the problem is most people think you can say, Oh, it's up. I'm going to get out. And then I'll wait till it goes back down and I'll get back in. Doesn't work. By the
2: way, very very few people running out to buy you a small cap value a year ago. Nobody. Because it had a miserable start to the year.
1: So. 855-935-TALK. That is a phone number that is really important to remember because that's how you get to talk to us. 855-935-8255. Joe, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hey.
4: Hi. Um, I had some questions for you. Yes ma'am. I am I am 65. I have a good job. It pays well, covers insurance, and I have 98,000 in the bank. Some of it in a very low performing money market, but it's earning something. I have a 57,000 401k at work. Um and I'm 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 one of those who should have been listening a long time ago. I would like to work until I'm 66 and a half because that's full retirement age. And I could start drawing Social Security and continue to work without the Social Security being reduced because I'm working. I'm not sure what to do at this point. I I want to do something with that 98. Okay, let's sure before
1: we get to the 98 though, Joe. Let's start with a a a, a kind of establishing question. Sure. You you want to start taking social security at 65 and a half, but you want to continue to work. 66 and 66 a half, and, a half, 60. and a half, I mean. But uh, if you're right now is your work covering all your bills?
4: Yes.
1: If you continue to work, would your work continue to cover your bills?
4: No. My mortgage, I have two years left on my mortgage, and my work would cover just a little less than half of my mortgage payment. So I don't want to be in that position.
1: I'm now. You lost me there on the. I'm completely confused. Today, as of today, you've got a mortgage payment and other bills. Does your job pay all those bills? Yes. In two years, you say your mortgage payment will go away? Yes. So your job will actually pay more than your bills, correct? Yes. Then why don't you wait until 70 and a half to collect your Social Security. 70. 70, 70 straight, even. 70 even.
2: Yeah. I, we're, trying to, we're trying to understand why you want to go ahead and take Social Security in a year and a half when you do not need the income.
4: Um, because I have somebody else who's disabled living with me that I also have to cover part of their expenses. They're expensive.
1: Okay. All right. Well, hang on with us a minute. We're, we're going to discuss this in a little more detail after the break. Thanks for calling. We'll be right back.
0: Tom and Don are talking real
1: money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry. We can help. Just set up a free no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com.
0: <coughs> For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: All right, 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-TALK. Now, Joe is a perfect example of how life eludes easy answers. I I can't just throw out it and say, here's what you do with your $98,000, Joe. Not yet. Because we've got some things we've got to figure out. Because it's... The difference between you taking Social Security at 66 and a half and taking it at 70 is pretty substantial. percent Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's that's pretty substantial. Difference. And that's the same amount you're going to basically
2: get every year the rest of your life except for some small inflation.
1: So if you can muddle through the next five years – on you the income from your job and wait to collect Social Security. You and the person for whom you care are going to be better off. The other thing is, is if you've got someone disabled in the house, I sure hope they're collecting Social Security disability. Yes. Okay. I would wait if you can. Now, the $98,000, how much is your annual cost of living? Roughly. Round figures.
4: Oh it's, it's probably pretty low. All I do is work and go home. That's why I have No, 90, no, but 000. I mean for
1: everything. Utilities, taxes, house payment, food, et cetera. How much do you think you spend a year? Rough figures.
4: My house payment is 1500 a month. Utilities mm-hmm. are roughly $300 a month. Car mm-hmm. insurance, house mm-hmm. insurance.
1: So you're looking um, two,
2: three. Let's say three thousand, for sake of argument. How? Yeah, that let's
1: be? even say let's even say thirty five hundred. For I mean, let's say you're you're you got a, you got a lot of other expenses and.
2: Remember the remember the mortgage ends in two years. Right, said, that's too. true. too. So that's,
1: so that's going to bring it down to two thousand a month. Uh, you really need to have twenty thousand of that ninety eight thousand remain in the bank, earning yep. okay nothing. emergency. Earning yep, nothing. exactly the other portion though should probably be invested for a 5 year or so horizon to then to st- when you collect social security you can start taking some of that too and we i here's what i
2: would do yeah here, let, tom's got you can a great know, idea you if you want well no, no I, I, you don't know you don't know what the idea I is do. i would take i would take the balance of the let's say so Let's just make this easy. Let's take let's say the ninety eight to a hundred, mm-hmm. and let's leave twenty five thousand setting aside. I would take the seventy five thousand, and I'd put it in the Vanguard Balanced Index.
1: Yep, there you go.
2: I, I have to look up the ticker here for you. So you'd simply go to Vanguard and open an account,
1: or and you could do that online. Or the target date twenty twenty five or twenty thirty. Yeah, that's true. Twenty twenty five or twenty thirty, um, and then take. Once you get to retirement, once you actually leave your job, then you'll have that higher Social Security at 70, and you can take a few hundred dollars a month from this to supplement your income. You should be in decent shape. The
2: Vanguard Balanced Index is VBINX. Victor, Bravo, India, November, X-Ray. Vanguard balanced index. It's one fund. It's about probably 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. The idea here is you're going to try to make 5 or 6% a year over time, keep you a little bit ahead of inflation, without taking all of the risk of the stock markets. I'd put it that way.
1: Yeah, see, I would lean more. I'm going to disagree with you just slightly, and I'm going to lean toward the 2030 target retirement fund, which takes her to about 74 years old. And because that is,
2: um, that's more like a 50, 50, it's closer to
1: a 50, 50, and it's going to get more conservative as she gets older. So thanks for the call, Joe. We really appreciate it. We wish you all the best, but yeah, Yeah. you, you need to get going. Um, you need to keep working for as long as you can. Uh, you need to wait on collecting that social security. If you can do it, that is such a big deal. It will make such a long-term difference in your life, particularly if you live a long time.
2: And here's another way to look at your whole overall situation would be to take the money invested, both in the 401k and the other, the balanced index, add those together. That's a number and maybe eventually figure out how to take 4% a year of that out, plus your Social Security. That's what you're going to basically live on uh, for your retirement.
1: 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855 And I have a question for you. You got yes you, you want, well we it's a question for us really because it's okay. about our it's about our philosophy it's from a new listener and oh, he says okay. i'm a relatively new listener it came over from the uh, stacking benjamin's podcast i understand and is. agree with the vast majority of your advice but i don't understand why you're so concerned about global investing over u.s indexing obviously having a portion of your investment in non-u.s equities is important but why cap wait You are both proponents of small cap value tilting because they provide better risk adjusted returns. How is weighting toward U.S. funds any different? In my mind, they're both a means of using past returns to predict future returns. So why is overweighting small cap value a good play but overweighting U.S. market timing? One could argue that the U.S. is very company growth friendly.
2: Yeah, there's a lot there. Okay, so uh-huh. let's just unpack a little bit of it. First of all, when it comes to the U.S. versus international, today I think if you look at the value of companies, what he's talking about here is market capitalization.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's about 55% of that value is in the United States, about 45% international. So Correct. technically, if you really wanted to just be exactly where we are today, you could go do that. But remember, then also you're investing high because U.S. markets have done better than international markets for the last 10 years. hmm Right. So now you're investing more money in something that's gone up faster. And yes, you're correct. We do when we build portfolios for our clients or people that really want to get into this. Yeah, we're going to make it a little more. It's going to you're going to have small. You're going to have value. You're going to have international all those other components. But what we generally try to tell people is if you really just want to be simple about this. You own. That's why we get the three fund portfolio at TalkingRealMoney.com. You don't own much small. You don't own much value because we're trying to make it easy to get started and do something here. That's why. The the other thing,
1: the other thing is, is your last statement is what leans, what causes us to lean against what you're suggesting. You're saying one could argue that the U.S. is very company growth friendly. However, what you're saying is this is a better place to do business. So I'm going to bet on the U.S. You're betting again. We would rather have the basic portfolio be market-centric, market-weighted, cap-weighted, then, and only then, do you adjust it based on factors that have actually shown long-term risk-adjusted return increases. That's small cap, that's value, that's a few other factors. But by the way, international is not. One of those factors, the adjusted returns, the, the returns for U.S. and international stocks have been very similar over a decade, multi-decade long periods, including the last hundred years. They've been very similar. And by the way, that includes World War II, which destroyed many of the overseas economies. So the fact that they've been pretty close and the other thing we we can't forget was the lost decade if you had you're talking 2000 through 2009 yeah if you had equal weighting in u.s and and international stocks you would have had an average annual return over that period of about seven percent per year versus a u.s only loss about a one percent loss and then the next decade
2: turned around the u.s did far better than international i mean remember there's so there's some non-correlation there There's also just being greater diversified gives me a little more safety feel in some ways. I know it hasn't necessarily reduced the volatility a little bit, but it makes me feel safer because we don't know in the decades ahead which country or what location will be better than the U.S.
1: But the 20-year volatility, not the last 10 years, but the 20-year volatility has actually been reduced by a, a, a relatively equal weighting between U.S. and international.
0: Tom and Don are talking...
1: Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60 page better retirement guidebook at vestory.com V E S T O R Y.com.
0: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: You see, we strive Tom and I have learned something over the many decades we've been in this business and, and in financial media, uh, you've got to try to wring out any semblance of guesswork. You can't have a hint of guessing and anything that says, well, because of this, it might be better to be here in the future. That's pure guesswork. We want structure. We want discipline and we want it to be based on academic research. In other words, on science. And that's the way we, manage our clients accounts and that's the way we try to advise you on the show and if you have a complex situation and you really want some help figuring out how you get a plan for the future how things work together what your portfolio looks like have you been ripped off you don't have the time to do it here or it's a complex thing go to vestory.com that's our company v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com get a free meeting with an advisor no pressure vestory.com we
0: hope you realize that the information provided on talking real money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes